0: Kia ora and welcome to Cinema in Context, where we discuss all things film and the connections between. My name is Jeremy Downing, and each month at Cinema in Context, we discuss two films, one current and one retrospective, with some connection. It could be the same director, the same actor, or a similar theme. However... which in a a situation that seems to be a little bit of a a pattern with cinema in context, we have changed up this process. And really, the simple reason is is that we are all overseas, all over the place. So Sarah, she's been away for five months now. Uh, She's been all around Europe, uh, having an incredible time with her husband. Uh, William, he's been overseas in the States, United States and North America, and getting um, back connected with some of his friends there. Uh, And he's returning this week, and myself, I'm heading off to India. So we're all just all in the four corners of the earth, and uh, it really, it definitely put the pressure on this month to try and come up with an episode that felt sincere. So what we've done is we've actually had a couple of conversations around the world. Uh, So the first conversation is one that I had between Georgie Swan, who's an educator from Australia, and that was at an an Indigenous Wananga or an Indigenous um, or a conference focused on Indigenous education. So. I was having a chat with her over breakfast, and she talked about Toy Story 4, and I thought, great, let's have a chat on on um, on the podcast. So she's going to be joining us, and William. William's over in Duluth, and he had a chat with his friend John Portinga, and they had a great chat in a cafe there, so they are in the second half of this podcast. And the film that we are focusing on, if you haven't already checked in the title, is Toy Story 4. And the film that we're comparing it to, well, really, it's just... The, the previous three toy story films we kept it quite loose this time because we weren't sure how long these conversations were going to go i mean the first conversation is around 10 minutes and the second conversation is just under half an hour so yeah a lot of scope there to play around with but it felt appropriate that toy story 4 would be our film for the 40th episode of cinema in context which is very exciting uh, and next next time is episode 41. There's nothing significant about that number, but what is significant is that Sarah will be back after five to six months away. So really looking forward to having her back on the podcast. And both William and I will be back in the country. So the three of us will sit down and we thought we would have a chat about the films that we've seen when we've been away. So Sarah has been to uh, the Cannes Film Festival. She's been to a range of different festivals and we will have a lot of great things to talk about. And William and I thought we would pipe up and, and share the some of the films that we saw on the airplanes <laughs> the various airplanes and flights that we we've had or we're gonna have over the next wee while so that's the plan anyways let's jump into our first conversation as always with episodes please be warned that there are spoilers we talk about everything in this in the toy story 4 uh, in toy story 4 and also the toy story films uh and including some of the big kind of surprises that happen so you've been warned there are spoilers But yeah, let's jump into our first chat with Georgie Swan. Now, please be aware that this was recorded uh, in the the breakfast area of the conference space that we're in. So there is a bit of background noise and also it was recorded on a cell phone and there's a few funny things that happened with the sound, which we've tried to edit as much as possible. But just bear with us with that. There's, there's, There's some sound issues. Anyways, enjoy this chat with Georgie Swan. Right, well I'm here with Georgie Swan and we are currently sitting, uh, looking over Long Bay, a beautiful beach in Auckland, at uh, what's been an indigenous wananga for the last four days. Welcome Georgie.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And on this wananga we have been talking education and uh, inequity and culture, Uh, but in the midst of that we have all sorts of chats and one of the things was uh, Toy Story 4, so I said Georgie do you want to come and have a little chat? So thank you for coming. So um, before we jump into Toy Story Um, 4, can you please tell me what do the first three Toy Story films mean to you?
1: Mm. So I was thinking about this um, because when I saw Toy Story 3 particularly, I thought, gosh, that's a wonderful end to this excellent story and I thought you know with Toy Story kind of the central premise is is loyalty and and doing doing your job the best that you possibly can and and being the best that you can at it so when I think of like Woody he's like my key role is to be the toy and and be loved by the human it's not to try and be something else or uh, you know really like he really strives towards that and, and brings other people on board in doing that. And um, so, obviously, the movies over what was the first time, 1995 or something, over such a long time, the first three I, I found them really develop and also wake, um, awaken with social conscience as they as they went through the stories. I certainly found that in the third Toy Story. And um, definitely improved sort of diversity and storytelling around current issues at the time. Um, so I think they, uh, yeah, just, just true story of, like, love and loyalty, really, to me. Mm.
0: Excellent. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying about that kind of awakening of social <laughs> conscience. I, I feel like that is the story of Pixar, right? Mm, like, it's yes. it's it's been through all of their films, whether it's Inside Out or um, even Up. The start of Up is yes. devastating. Oh, uh, yes. and, and, like, Finding Dory, I found their kind of discussion of somebody with... Uh, disability or with mm. um, difference and yeah. kind of not apologizing for that no um,
1: I think it's such a strong message to be able to convey through through cartoon and through technically children's films but films for for everyone um, in such a you know light and um inclusive and, and smart way to be actually. Kids can identify with all the characters in that regardless of who they are and where they are. And I found that really inspiring. But also I think you know perhaps perhaps the toy story movies towards the end lent more into the, uh, the adult area and, and really that sort of subconscious message was really strong for adults. And whether that's going to resonate with young people, particularly, I'm not sure.
0: Mm. And I, I guess that's, that is a good segue into Toy Story 4 because mm-hmm. I would agree, like, it's that the themes in Toy Story 4 are very adult oh. and complex. Yeah. So, um, I guess jump in by just giving your first emotional response to the film and and i've already warned the, the, the listeners that there'll be spoilers so you can talk about <laughs> okay. any of the events
1: okay that's good to know um i mean my first emotional response to the film was a little bit um toy story 3 felt like a natural land now we've got a second natural land And you know, maybe the door is open for more, but I, I think, I hope not. I guess my it it kind of diverted away from the central themes of the first three movies to me. um, In that, uh, you know, that like think of like Woody and Buzz like going through these three films as like this epic duo, and then at the end, you've warned for spoilers. Thankfully, he's like, nah see ya I'm actually gonna go go do something else and, and part of me thinks that that's awesome and you know it's it's that um, ability to be able to make that decision and make that decision based on you know, all of the things that you've come across but it really diverted away from me so much of what the story had given um, in the first three films and I found that a little bit jarring I guess um, theme wise you know I think it, it definitely pushed um, pushed some sort of social uh, Social Themes that haven't come up in children's movies I wouldn't have thought before In a more adult way so that was As an adult I guess I appreciate it But I didn't watch it with a child So I'm not really sure what the child Perspective is um, mm. Yet mm.
0: Yeah I I know what you're saying I think Forky probably would get a Get a look in you know in terms of the kids it's good, just, just like Forky.
1: Yeah, Forky Yeah I mean and also, I guess the forky, <laughs> I love that he also wanted to jump into the recycling bin. I was really glad about that. But also, you know, that, that kids can kids can be pretty flippant and like, can bowl in love with this piece of what he would deem himself as trash. And I, I like that. And that, um, He was able to, they were able to do that quite well. Like everything has value and, um, you know, young people actually see the value in everything a lot better than adults are. Oh. Um, people who have been alive longer, basically, mm. um, in in being able to hold on to something that that has real value to them.
0: It's I, I I find this this really interesting, like this idea that because one of the things Pixar does well is layering of those themes, but then still has a story that kids can can connect to. So i would be interested I'm interested to hear hear a kid's perspective, but I. Mm. I do think that the themes in this film of sort of transitioning into a new state and giving up of the old and being okay with the things that you used to enjoy no longer kind of happening, um, I think that's relevant to kids as well. Like, I think about if they're just going through the simple transition of going to school for the first time, that's quite a big journey and a jump. I guess it's similar to the Bonnie character going into school for the first time in the film. Um, but then you've got all this narrative of the antiques and, like, old toys mm. and I, mean, I guess Woody being an antique places
1: where toys go to die and what, yeah and the, the, the broken I think a lot of the you know thinking through that concept of things being broken and how to fix them and the way that things go about being fixed and who gets to fix them and mm. what does it take to do that and then is it okay to be broken and that was a really interesting kind of theme to me that ran through and I guess the acceptance that we're not all perfect um, Was quite powerful True I,
0: I I had picked up the kind of reflection Of Woody's journey To find love like And, mm. the, and where you find your, your Security mm. And you've got all those different characters Whether it's Forky, um, Bo Peep And mm. Gabby Gabby mm. And kind of their different journeys for acceptance But in the broken aspect of course Because mm. you've got Bo Peep's broken arm And you've got Woody's Broken, or well, you've got to get his broken voice box, yeah. and what well, he mentally loses his, and yeah, yeah,
1: and all that kind of the, the discarded toys, I guess, are a little bit broken and they've fallen through the cracks to an extent. Mm. I think that you know, I think the. I really liked the kind of richness of them banding together and being, you know, we're fine, we got this, we'll do it our own way. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, and and I, you know, I wonder how much of that nuance is strong enough to come through to a lot of people. Because uh, I think that that's actually really powerful. It's a really powerful Yeah, match.
0: yeah. What about the the kind of ensemble, because um, it definitely was Woody's film, right? And I feel like even though they have been the main characters, Woody and Buzz, it was definitely <laughs> weighted more in his favour. Yeah,
1: yeah, yes. Yeah, I guess it—it it really was. I—I I, hadn't really thought about that until now. And also, Jesse really only comes in in real snippets, and then it's like handed the reins kind of thing. I thought that was—that was cool, but also it almost felt a little bit tokenistic towards the end. Um, yeah, it wasn't really a story of the people around them and I think that that was the drive to, to serve the people around them, which I think was more of the central theme of the first other than obviously wanting to, to get back to Bonnie but also then it, it really transcends into, no, well, actually this is just about Woody. Um, so that I think that's probably the jarring part of the film to me is... it didn't circle back as much yeah I think that's a
0: fear fear comment it Mm. did feel like a epilogue in some ways to Mm. the because the third film was such a brilliant closing of so many different circles Mm. even Buzz was sort of sidelined yeah his his sort of storyline was just more of a joke than anything
1: completely which which was a fun joke yeah and I mean that's the sort of central role that he's played but the depth was lost to him I think of his character
0: so it'd be interesting to see I, I don't think they need to do another one um but I, I'm not happy this one existed.
1: This yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy it existed, absolutely. I think I'm always happy to see what Pixar can create and where they go um, and what they're, what they're trying to convey, I guess. And it, you know, there were some really good things that came out of this film. Whether or not they'll do another one, I think the door is vaguely open. Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll be another ten years, so who knows? Cool. Thank you, Georgie. Thank you.
0: And uh, all the best for the rest of your day and your trip back uh, to Australia. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we, we shall see what happens with the Toy Story series <laughs> as the years go on.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Look forward to it.
0: Well, we now jump to another part of the world, the United States, to Duluth, in a cafe called Sarah's... Table, So you're going to hear from William and John. Uh, And just be aware that the sound quality in here is also a little bit challenging. This was recorded in a cafe, a working cafe. You're going to hear milk being steamed in the background and the clinking and clanking of cutlery. Um, But hey, it's just life. So (laughs) adjust adjust your audio accordingly. It'll be a little bit louder than the conversation you've just had. Uh, But they had a really great discussion around Toy Story 4 and really get into some of the experiential aspects of of the film. Film, including the cinema they went to, but also just the journey of watching these films from childhood to now adulthood. So yeah, let's jump into William's discussion with John. Kyoto, and welcome to Cinema in Context.
2: My name is William Chen. I'm joined today by a special guest, John Portinger, brewer, mountain biker, and night photographer extraordinaire. Hi, John. Hi, William. It's great to be here. Good to have you on the show. Um, so we're recording right now in beautiful Duluth, Minnesota in the USA my old stomping grounds over a really nice brunch at a local cafe, Sarah's Table. And John and I are here today to talk a little bit about the Toy Story movie, specifically Toy Story 4, but going back into Toy Stories 1, 2, 3, um, there's a lot of stuff to discuss about this. So, Toy Story is Pixar's flagship franchise for, I would say, the last almost 25 years. Um, I mean, it was their, their first really big movie. Well, it was their first movie. Some would say it's the first computer animated CGI movie. And over the years, the franchise has just grown, I guess, with its audience. These movies are often seen as some of the best children's or family or even movie movies around. Not just because of the animation, which... Is always, always cutting edge, but also because of their themes, the writing, and the characters which have become, I would say, immortalized. So Toy Story came out in 95, Toy Story 2 in 99. Toy Story three in twenty ten, and finally Toy Story tw- four this year in twenty nineteen. So just to start off,
3: John, I, I want to ask you what is what's your history with the Toy Story movies? Um, so I remember my parents taking me out of school early to go see the first one. So being in elementary school, going to see the first one. And now this last one, I'm just about 30 years old. Um, It's been interesting to see the whole thing as I've grown older. I mean, the relative, it's not like the characters of Woody and stuff are growing older, but you know, you kind of identify with Andy a little bit, being a person who's like going off to school and thinking about your old, childhood stuff and making that transition so it's kind of been interesting just to watch the overall story arc while some of the characters are generally staying a similar age being the toys not aging but then really the character of Andy aging it's kind of an interesting Interesting
2: idea. Yeah, yeah I, I completely get that. I mean, that's really brought to light in Toy Story 3, which is all about you know letting go of childhood pursuits and kind of finding something more. Um, I'm kind of in a similar boat with you. So Toy Story, Toy Story, the original, also came out when I was in... I mean, it was our primary school. And I, I really remember the poster. So before I knew anything about the movie, in our school library, there was the Toy Story poster and it looked like, like nothing I'd ever seen before. Of course, computer games have been using this kind of technology and this kind of, you know, rendered object thing before an adverts, but to have an entire animated film about it was, was extraordinary back in 1995. And I still think it's it's really one of the most groundbreaking movies of all time.
3: Yeah, I are uh, a really smart kid for primary school. <laughs> Have all those thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> maybe in retrospect, yeah. <laughs> I just remember like, thinking, "Oh, this
2: is really different. Okay. This is really, really different." Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's a better way to talk about this. Uh, also, maybe because I, I just seen all three Toy Story movies on the flight over to the States in a marathon, and then <laughs> I slept no more because of jet lag. But. I think the original Toy Story, which I haven't seen in quite a while, it really holds up. I think it's short, it's sharp, it's sweet, and the writing is so so succinct. Like, there's no fat in this movie. And...
3: Yeah, I feel like the first of any series, you know, is generally the more well thought out and not... It's not beholden to anything. There's nothing that's come before it, so usually it's the most like unique, right? Absolutely. And then
2: it's the sequels where we start usually having problems. Uh, a lot of sequels, be they animated or comedies or even action movies, you just have sequelitis. That that sense of you know we want we want the same thing. Give us the same thing. Whereas I think with the Toy Story movies, the greatest thing about the sequels is that it feels like for 2 and 3 and 4, the writers really sat down and thought about what would be the, the most organic direction to take these characters that we now know and love and take them to new places and new thematic resonances with the audience.
3: Yeah, and it's not like the sequels are taking the same arc. I feel like from 1 to 2 is kind of a simpler setup, where like 2 to 3 is much more different than 1 to 2. I feel like 3 starts taking on quite a bit more heavier themes, more adult, mature themes, whereas 2 kind of has... It's still a bit more jovial and a little bit of a... like It's a clever direction that they took with 2, with the toy collecting, you know, and it kind of treats the toys as being novel. They're a little more novel than they are, you know, Useful to a child. Now it's kind of how novel it is to an adult um, being the toy collector. So it's and then four. I mean, we'll get into it a little bit more, but it definitely takes another tick up in kind of themes and mature audiences. That definitely does. Well let's talk about it right now. So
2: overall what you what'd you think of Toy Story 4? We we watched it
3: together yesterday we yeah we had a cute little date um, <laughs> we shared a root beer it
2: was great uh, we, we saw it at Marcus Cinemas, which had the owner appear at the beginning of the movie and you know very wholesomely welcomed the audience into a cinema that
3: was great yeah Greg is the man this time we were treated we were introduced to his wife um, <laughs> normally it's Greg or Greg and his dad or Greg and his employees. So this time it was Greg and his wife. It was super interesting. Yeah, so Toy Story 4. uh, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, It is kind of funny, though, that being two 30-somethings in the movie theater, there's still a lot of children that are coming to the movies. And all of the previews before it, we're all children's animated movies, so it's funny, yeah, it's just kind of an interesting juxtaposition of like, yes, I'm a I'm an adult now, and I'm going to see this movie story continue into, you know, continue to evolve with me, but yet... It's still very much a children's movie. That, that was fantastic. The, the number of kids who reacted to
2: the trailers. And I mean, th- there were some adults behind us who were kind of laughing and groaning at some of the bad stuff as well. But the kids, the one thing I learned yesterday was that kids really respond well to fart jokes. And the word, but... And poop, yes. Yes, and poop. A couple poops too. And so that 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 makes so much more sense why movies like The Minions would do all do well,
3: yeah. (laughs) But but the movie, Toy Story Four. What'd you think? Oh boy. Um so in Toy Story 3, you know, it was kind of Toy Story 3 like you were talking about, Toy Story 3 almost sound almost looked like it was kind of tied up nicely being the proverbial, you know, hand off of the toy to another child, and, you know, when they handed Andy off to, er, handed Woody, when Andy handed Woody off to Bonnie, lots of E names, Uh, (laughs) you know, it was kind of the passing of the torch to the next generation, and I thought it was, you know, the future is female, so Andy was handing Woody off to Bonnie, being like the passing of the torch to a little girl. Um, And I thought a lot of the future's female feminism was brought out in this movie as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So with Bo Peep being a major, Bo Peep being a major character in this movie, um, she was, I mean, there was this whole scene of her like taking off, so when they introduced her, obviously she had to be wearing the skirt that everyone imagines her in. So at some point, she takes off the skirt to reveal that she's been wearing pants this whole time. And then for the rest of the movie, she wears that as a cape. So it's very symbolic of like the shedding of traditional female roles into becoming somewhat of a heroine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I loved what they did with Bo Peep,
2: especially compared to Bo Peep's role in the earlier movies. I mean, she's not she's not in three, but in one and two, she's basically just relegated to a love interest, which is interesting because I think she has a. She she has a pretty big part to play in the whole community of toys that we see, but I don't know whether it's because of her role as kind of one of the few female characters and the fact that she is a porcelain doll and it wouldn't make a lot of sense for her to go so rough and tumble in some of the adventures they go on.
3: Well, it was pretty interesting. They did address that porcelain issue where they introduced her with... She had a piece of tape on her arm. Um, And later on in the movie, they show Woody actually pulls her arm off and she plays the whole, oh my god, you ripped my arm off gag, only just to tape herself back up again. And it's kind of that really, like, rough and tumble look of having a bandage on your upper arm. Um, So they didn't dress like the fragile fragile, feminine characteristic of being like a porcelain doll, Mm -hmm. but that she's able to embrace that and come across that way.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, both, I thought, brought a lot to the movie, both tying it into previous entries, as we see in the prologue, which I think takes place between Toy Stories 2 and 3. And then kind of brings out a side of the Toy Story movies that we've we've never really seen before. Or if we have, it's been avoided or seen as something bad. Which is what happens to these, you know, by all accounts, sentient, autonomous beings when they have their life's purpose, which is being a toy, being, being something to bring joy to children.
3: Having a child. Having a child, that's right. right.
2: And I think that that ties in so beautifully with some of the themes brought up in Toy Story 4. And we we talked about this on the drive back yesterday, Uh, and you and I had some different interpretations as well, which is fantastic, about what the movie's talking about and i think there are there's several things right there's there is a very strong sense of woody bearing being a parent or being a surrogate parent to a variety of characters to bonnie to the new character forky how he's he literally brought him to life, into this world. And Forky is a, you know, like like most infants, is self-destructive. And (laughs) would liked to very humorously humorously terminate himself in a variety of ways.
3: So Forky, being a plastic fork, has this notion that, you know, he's been used, he's served his singular purpose, and then been thrown away. Uh So there's kind of also a theme... Addressing you know planned obsolescence, where in all of the in all of the uh, prequels they're talking about, or er, there's a lot of toy repair that is being done, and they're kind of showing you that you can take garbage and actually make it useful again, so it's not just singularly singularly useful, it can serve other purposes and be more of a durable durable good than that. So it does take a while for Forky to understand that instead of being trash you know he's now a toy and as a toy he's providing comfort to Bonnie. You know Bonnie literally makes him on the first day of school. Um, So that's an interesting theme but also there is this theme of You know, finding yourself and not basing your own identity on your child. So there's all these toys that have always had children. So Woody having Andy and then having Bonnie. Uh, Now they bring in this theme of the lost toys. So the lost toys are toys without children. and. They kind of allude to the fact that, you know, you can find purpose outside of your child with the Lost Toys, but then they also have Bonnie needing that toy. So it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition where they say you can find usefulness outside of your purpose, but then also the human, Bonnie, needs some sort of comfort in some sort of tangible toy. Yeah. All that stuff is fantastic,
2: I, I really, really loved the, the notion that, I mean, basically the theme, or one of the underlying themes of the movie, the, the main underlying themes, is that there is there is purpose to life, whether you think so or not. I think through Woody and really through the, the new, I guess we would kind of core of a, a villain, uh, Gabby Gabby. I think her arc is really wonderful as well where you, you see through, through her journey and through her, you know, what, what she goes through in the movie. That what she thinks is the be or end or might not be the case, and that what she wanted was was this very specific girl to love, her. and she was willing to do quite terrible things to get to that point, <laughs> quite violent things, quite disturbing things. If you're thinking about Toy sets. but then. The girl that she, she's not interested in. And what what happens then? And to see to see Woody kind of console her and for him to come to an understanding that no, it's not the end if what you suppose is your purpose doesn't become your purpose. And that life provides you with other avenues to be both useful to society. But also to be fulfilled, to be fulfilled as as some
3: sort of self actualization.
2: I thought that was super powerful.
3: Yeah, it was. <laughs> like you said, Gabby Gabby kind of has this like dawn like, you know, she's running the antique store, mm-hmm. and she's got these ventriloquist dummies, kind of lord, kind of goon ventriloquist dummies, and she wants. You know, she kind of wants, she wants a little more guidance, I guess, which is kind of what they allude to, the inner voice, where you pull on Woody's string, and you get his inner voice. So she wants his voice box. So she wants like a literal part of Woody, and she ends up, Woody ends up sacrificing his inner voice to find, her to rescue Forky, you know, he gives up a piece of himself to help Bonnie feel Forky's comfort again, so after he makes that sacrifice and also helps out Bonnie and Bonnie has that interaction with Melody, you know, it's this heartbreaking thing when Melody decides she doesn't want, doesn't want Gabby Gabby, it's just the... and again, you know, Gabby Gabby gets tossed into a bin and it's not the garbage bin but the symbolism of uselessness yeah, yeah. being thrown into the the bin right oh god that was heartbreaking yeah <laughs> it was really rough to watch <laughs> oh man but yeah it is kind of but Gabby, Gabby, you know she's pretty heartbroken. Almost gives up and says Woody can have his voice box back. But then again, when she finds this other lost child at the carnival, you know she's like, "Oh, you know this can be this can be my purpose." So she finds it, and it ends up working out. But it was uh, it was good to see that. You know, it was kind of more misdirection where you thought it was going to happen this way and then some other avenue was opened. Yeah, totes. I I mean,
2: especially when you view Gabby Gabby in, in, let's just say, in the pantheon of other Toy Story villains. Um, You look at, I mean, Sid's a little different, but like Stinky Pete from Toy Story 2 or Lots of Hugs from Toy Story 3 and it's these very bitter... Old men, um, you know, who are who are driven by resentment and by a lifelong obsession with, I guess, the lack of being loved. And it is interesting how we we do have our first female villain, and it kind of goes along that track for a little bit, and then goes somewhere completely different. And I. I really thought that was intentional on the writer's part, but really, really, as you say, special. You know, it it zigged when you expected it to zag, and we end up in a much, much less, you know, black and white place, and that that was really, really cool.
3: Yeah, I really enjoy the uh, kind of the redemption of villains. I don't like a simple triumph over, you know, I like the addressing of the problem instead of the symptoms, so to actually have that resolved in not a victorious over the other party kind of way, but a resolution of systemic problems. Um, But yeah, she was kind of a fun villain, kind of in a... Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and Christina Hendricks does a
2: fantastic voice. Just very sweet, but with that with that edge, you know, something's
3: not quite right. Yeah, the darkness inside, yeah.
2: They, they also animate her, so she has those blinking dull eyes, and every time someone picks her up, the eyes kind of tilt backwards due to gravity, and it's that little shimmer that's oh, so creepy.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, and speaking of the new characters, I mean, we won't go into much detail, but I thought all the new characters were a lot of fun as well. The um, Key and Peele, like, Flush Toys, and Keanu Reeves as Duke <laughs> they the Canuck with all the look.
3: The Canuck with all the look. <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, let's, let's finish with this. Like, in terms of Toy Story 4 as a movie, I, I really felt that it is... Woody's movie, whereas everything else, Toy Story 1 was kind of, it was Woody and Buzz. Toy Story 2, you get to find out more about Woody's backstory, but Buzz and the other toys are still important. Toy Story 3 is more of an ensemble piece, where Woody is the central emotional figure. And then Toy Story 4, from the very beginning, from the opening credits, I mean, it tells you that this is Woody's movie. And by the end you realize that this is probably going to be a goodbye to the character possibly, I mean they could bring him back the stuff but it's not going to be the same so I guess what do you think about Toy Story 4 as a conclusion of sorts to, to Woody's arc from the very beginning this, this jerk cowboy doll that you know feels this fraternal jealousy towards a a new spaceman and he kind of goes through a midlife crisis, goes through
3: parenthood and all this stuff to end up where he is now with the lost ones. So it is kind of a... You know, it's almost like Woody has given up a part of himself to pursue a different purpose. So he is... Yeah, he's certainly making a change where he's always trying to get back to Andy in the first two or in the first three, excuse me. And then in this one, he starts off being completely dedicated to Bonnie, you know, and how can I help Bonnie, how can I get, you know, he's making his, he's learning to let go in this movie um and he loses like having lost his voice box you know it's really symbolic of him kind of moving on to the next phase where in the last couple scenes he's like really helping all of these toys find new kids and kind of embracing the lost toy lost toy lifestyle yeah yeah Yeah, I I agree with that. I, I found it very very beautiful
2: in a really unexpected way because I thought Toy Story three well I thought Toy Story three tied everything up so nicely in the bow and it was bittersweet and it was this you know this this break. But Toy Story four really gives the Woody character like a lot of a lot of pathos and a lot of kind of. Con- concluding sentiments that you don't really expect from Toy Story 3. And it, it doesn't feel like a cash grab. Like It doesn't feel like, oh, we, we need to make another movie to renew these characters in the minds of children. I, I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure that was the business decision, but how the people made it felt, felt special and, and really felt like a genuine, you know, both codification of what this character was about how there's a scene where Bo, you know, Bo says that she's going back for him because he... He's loyal and he loves everyone. You know, he's he's become transformed into this all-loving father figure compared to Toy Story One, where he was just a jerk. He was, you know, king of the roost and kind of a bully to everyone. And now, having gone through all these travels, becoming a true leader of sorts, like he he leads through love and empathy, and it continues on into his new, I guess, his new job or his new life. Where he realizes, as you say, he can do this without a kid. Without without what had been dominating his life since the very beginning. Um, And and kind of striking out for himself. And that this was okay. That you don't need to be tied down by a previous lifestyle or a person that you love. That you are able to explore new things and to, to be yourself in a way that's meaningful. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and it is interesting... I don't know that he's striking out by himself because Bo Peep has been kind of living this lifestyle, you know, for a while. Yeah, true. And at the end, you know, he's making the decision of whether to stay with the original group of toys or to strike out with Bo Peep. Um, So it's kind of a. He has this, you know, decision to make of whether to go back to Bonnie, his child, or go back to Bo Peep, you know, his partner. So, yeah, it is kind of an interesting, you know, which way do I go? And yeah, it's pretty fun to now know that. He, uh, Woody is not alone, but you know, he's got his partner in crime, you know, and they can work together and kind of fulfill their new purposes together. Fantastic.
2: Well, it is really cool that we've spent almost half an hour talking about uh, ostensibly a kids movie, Um, but that's what the Toy Story movies are. They are are special in a way, and I love that Pixar and Disney treat them as special things and to take them absolutely seriously. Um, but yeah, thank you very much John for, for popping by and for seeing the movie with me and for talking about it the next day. It's, it's been really fun. Yeah, I uh, enjoyed it.
0: Thanks, back to you Jeremy. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Cinema in Context. As I said at the start, next time will be our 41st episode and we will have the return of Sarah and William and myself will all be in the same room together for the first time in a long time, sharing and discussing the films that we have uh, watched and explored on our travels around the world. So come in for that. It will be uh, a good good listen. If you enjoyed our podcast, then please share it with your film-loving friends. You can listen to Cinema in Context through SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher and Radio Public. You can follow us on Facebook, subscribe to us on Twitter or YouTube, and these are great places to let us know what you think of this episode or give us suggestions for future films to discuss and compare. Look out for our next episode in a month's time, and until then, ka